0: This is the Winning Plays Podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise.
1: Welcome back to the Winning Plays Podcast with Brian Robb and Michael Pina. I'm Rich Levine. Thursday night at the Garden, the Celtics were up early but faded late against the 76ers, dropping a frustrating six-point decision on national TV. This was Boston's second straight loss, their first this season at the Garden, and we'll get into the fallout and more on today's episode, but first, we're going to ask you, as always, please subscribe to this podcast, wherever it is you listen. It's a huge help for us in our numbers. Give us a follow on Twitter. That's at WinningPlaysPod. Shout out to CLNS Media. Shout out to BetOnline.ag. And uh, Brian Ron Robber, resident Celtics beat writer. You were there last night, and I think that there are many different ways we can take this off the top. We've got Jason Tatum struggles. We've got Jalen Brown's non-existence. Enos Kanter and uh, Daniel Tice doing what they did last night. But uh, the story, I think, was Joel Embiid doing what I think the rest of the NBA fears Joel Embiid is capable of doing, kind of taking over for most of the game and certainly down the stretch. Uh, what, what was the feeling last night at the Garden after that one?
0: Well, I think, first off, the Celtics organization wants Charles Barkley and Kenny Smith to, to shut up <laughs> um, after the, uh, they pulled the Embiid's best performance of the year out of them. Um, but yeah, there's no question that this was, I mean, I think easily the best MB performance uh, against the Celtics in his career. And this is, you know, the this is what the Celtics knew they were kind of going to be dealing with this year with Al Horford and Aaron Baines out the door. And, um, you know, Embiid went for 38-13-6, and, six, uh, and a, along with a huge block on Tice to kind of end the game in under 20 seconds. Yeah. Um, I guess the biggest thing for me or what feels like a waste for the Celtics in this game was that like, I mean, Cantor and Tice matched Embiid's production, which is kind of astounding. They combined for 36 points uh, and 14 rebounds themselves. And I guess big picture wise uh, for as good as Embiid looked in this game, Cantor, again, was very respectable against them at points. In the head-to-head matchup, he fouls too much. It's going to be hard to keep him on the floor in these games for more than 20 or 25 minutes. But as we've seen in the past, Mike, like Tice, just has no shot in this matchup. Cantor, um, when he's got it rolling offensively like this, at least will give you a chance. And this is where I feel like the Celtics kind of signed up for this off-season with him.
2: Yeah, I thought that Cantor's performance was was great. I mean, it was obviously his best game as a Celtic, his best game that I've seen him play, in. easily. Uh, like well over a calendar year, uh, you know, putbacks. I thought his individual defense on Embiid was as solid as it can be. And, you know, they broke down a little bit sometimes when they had to double. Um, I don't know. I feel like it's kind of remarkable that the Celtics were in this game, particularly with, by the fact that they had to. Well, I guess I'll, I'll just throw up the question. Do you guys think that, you know, if Marcus Smart was healthy, do you think they would have closed small down the stretch? Or do you think they would have had to still have, have Cantor out there as well as he was playing and as well as Embiid was playing. You have to have Cantor
0: out there, I think in this game. No question.
2: No question.
1: What else can you do? What's the other option? I know know you said go small, but (laughs) in that scenario, who is, who is covering Joel Embiid? I mean, you smart, (laughs) just throwing everything, just throwing everything at him and hoping that you can, that you can move and, and no, I mean
2: like, look when he's hitting the elbow jumpers, it's just like, it's, it's lights out but the fact that they were able to you know clock the paint a little bit force those jump like look when he gets the the low post touch before you can bring help and he just dunks on you then there's like no one alive who can guard him and it's kind of besides the point but I don't know I thought it would have been a little bit more interesting particularly on the offensive end where you know things got a little stagnant down the stretch and it was a little frustrating uh Kemba there was one possession where he dribbled like 400 times and missed a step back 3 with I think a little over a minute to go uh, but it, it it was remarkable just like as great as Embiid was uh you know the fact that the Celtics were very close to winning and if not for two calls that you know the there was the first call was Cantor basically like running over josh richardson on a side out of bounds play and slash him.
0: richardson pulling him down i know
2: i know it was i don't want to complain about the refs, but that call was tough to swallow with 52 seconds left in a two-point I mean, game and Kendrick then it has to be smarter than that obviously too yeah but i mean but
1: can can running over richardson looks a lot different than that play looked do you know what sure, i mean just the sure. physics of it
2: Yeah, and also, I just don't want any basketball games to be decided in the final minute by something like that. And then the play that I think was much more controversial was Josh Richardson tackling Jalen Brown. (laughs) Um, Unreal. At the end with no foul call at all. I I forget how much time was on the clock. It was like 30 seconds left or something like Like that. 25, I believe. 25. I mean, again, I don't want to get too bogged down with the calls, but like, like... Come on. What like and and Tatum I guess could have they had one timeout left, I believe, and Tatum's gotta w- call that. Like I know I
0: know it's bad, but like yeah. he also has to run the baseline there. I don't know what like he it was off a made free throw, like you know and the Celtics it was a that was a full breakdown uh, from Brad on down. I'm like that just can't happen. You can't if he's in trouble on that play, you have that timeout, use it.
1: Yeah. And what, what was everyone else doing? I mean, you know, right. K- Kemba sort four. of sauntered into the corner and was open for a second, but if you throw it to him, he's going to get doubled immediately by Simmons and I think maybe either Richardson or Harris. And then, you know, and then once that, once Tatum didn't make that play, there was literally nothing. Yeah. I mean, t- t- uh, uh, you know, Jalen coming back to the ball was literally the only option at that point, it seemed like. And, I mean, other than running or calling a timeout, like you
2: for said. For sure. And, you know, they showed the replay and Josh R- Richardson – hook Jalen's arm I mean it was like a pretty it was certainly it, a foul it's like come on but I, I thought what even beyond that what was really interesting from a strategic perspective was Br- uh, Brad's decision to intentionally foul Ben Simmons right before that uh, mm-hmm. w- when you when you were sitting on uh, on press Roby rub, like what was the kind of vibe from like, I know when me- media members kind of chat when something controversial happens or something notable where ha- were people like, whoa, what is this? Or was it kind of just like, oh, that's interesting? I kind of expected that to happen.
0: Yeah, it was, I don't think people expected it to happen, but everyone was like, oh, that's a, that makes sense. Like, that's a, it's a you get a two for one. You Simmons hadn't been, you know, he hadn't, you know, I think he would only taken like five shots all night, period. So, they bottled him up. They bottled him up nicely. I mean, he was the only one they bottled up on their team, really. Um, but that's an important guy to bottle up, obviously, and um, yeah, he helps like that. bottle himself up a bunch too. We should say. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's very it, it it's is. beneficial a when the guy's afraid to shoot. Five turnovers too, so it, he was he had a rough night. But yeah, like I mean, credit to him, he knocked it down. I don't think it was interesting. I mean, it's clear cut. You know, they fouled again. You know, they got Tatum got the three after Simmons hit the three throws, and then Sixers have the ball. Only two second differential with the game clock, shot clock. You're obviously. Gonna foul there at some point. You don't want the. It's too risky, even in a one-point game with a timeout to let the clock roll down there and play defense. Mm -hmm. But I wasn't crazy about fouling fouling Embiid, who just seemed to be in a rhythm at the free throw line right away on that play. I would have liked to see, you know, some trapping first or just. Was this Tatum who fouled him? Yeah, Tatum fouled him just right away on the and I just like stuff like that again. And this is more of like a player awareness thing. It was an issue in the Pacers game too. At the end, where Javante Green fouled the best free throw shooter in the world, Malcolm Brogdon, immediately (laughs) with like in a one point game with twenty seconds left. Just like I know it's tough in the moment, but smart teams just have to be better about knowing who you're fouling and knowing who's in a rhythm or not, and that's that's been an issue for the season last in these situations, the last couple games here. I feel like.
2: Yeah. Was there anything? I I mean, they had some. I think the Sixers had some luck from behind the three-point line they shot 50 they're not a great three-point shooting team mike scott was lights out particularly in the first half was like when you were watching like was there anything i know like marcus Smart did not play al horford did not play like bob williams sure yes of course the irreplaceable
0: <laughs> who by the way
2: that sounds not great on bob
0: williams right now in terms of his hip situation they are being very is this
2: an indefinite Situation. This is an indefinite
0: situation. It sounds like like they're mm. trying to figure it out, and it's been a few days. So I, I mean, that's that's not great. But that's we'll, that's we'll talk about that later. Re- yeah. Real
1: quick. Speaking of that, while we're on the topic, I saw was was Tatum warming up with a with a wrap on his back. did you notice that?
0: I, I did not notice that. I did not see him warming up. Uh, it's,
1: I, I saw a shot of warm ups, and I'm like 95% sure it was from last night's game. Um, and he had some sort. I couldn't <laughs> I, I couldn't tell if it was ice or heat. But it was a pretty significant wrap around his back and warm ups, and it could explain a little bit about his performance. Um, I thought anyways. he played. I thought he played kind of. I mean, the numbers aren't great. Their numbers are terrible, actually. Yeah,
2: they uh, they're um, bad. I thought he, he was okay. Um, I, I I'm just kind of like a Tatum apologist. I feel like at this point, and in the fourth quarter, I was wanting him to have the ball a lot more down the stretch, and he was just kind of standing in the corner, which may speak to your point rich about how he was feeling physically and his unwillingness also in the fourth quarter to uh you know on those high pick and rolls in the third and fourth quarter where he was taking these like 12 foot
1: push shot floaters yeah. that were just like not great that's what the, is... that's what we got to talk about yeah
2: like i know it's mb and i know how intimidating he is and everything but if you guys remember uh two years ago in the playoffs when the celtics beat the Sixers, like. Tatum was just going straight at Embiid's body in situations like that, so it was a little strange to see such hesitancy and such timidness out of him.
1: Yeah, I think you see when, when Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum combined for for four foul shot attempts in a big game. I mean, that's that's not what you want. I mean, you you, you need that aggressiveness. Not not only do you want to get Embiid in foul trouble too, you know, like it's it's it's, it's double sided. But yeah, for whatever reason, he was. It just seemed a lot, and, and I love, I, I still love at the end of the game, you know, he hit that big three-pointer, and we've seen that a lot, that even in games where he's not the Jason Tatum that the Celtics need, when it comes to winning time, he's willing and able to, to, to hit that shot, and I think in the long term, that's very positive. But yeah, on the way to getting there, just, it it didn't seem like it, like his head was in it. He didn't have the right mentality.
2: Yeah, he had two threes, the one in the corner over Simmons, and then the one over Embiid was just like such a stud shot, like mm-hmm. fading That's what you away. Want, yeah. yeah, exactly. With like one of the most intimidating guys lunging at you right over his fingertips. Like those are the shots that are just like why I think Tatum is just such a special basketball player. Yeah, it's a good it's a good point.
0: And Brad Stevens in the post game actually mentioned, you know, just riding with those guys after uh, a tough night, being like, I want those guys being aggressive and kind of just saying like we're not going to ride the roller coaster this year. And essentially, which is what happened too often last year, I think is, you know, him subtly saying that where, you know, no one knew who was playing crunch time and minutes were all over the place. And no, these are our guys. Like we're going to roll with them. And that's important. But to your point, Mike, earlier about the defense, I do think, I mean, offensively, those guys are their struggles defensively. I think Tatum and Brown were were not sharp at all in this game. Um, Whether it was, Leaving shooters like Mike Scott, like slow to close out, um, miscommunications. Like they were not, both of them were not great on either end of the floor, mm-hmm. and that's again that's why a Sixers team who's mediocre in offense erupts for 115 points in that game. So um, it's again you miss smart in this game, but it's just a to win to win a series against this team, everyone's got to be locked in, and that's I mean, and that just wasn't the case last night.
1: How about before yeah. the, before that three that you mentioned, the, the baseline three from Tay, when I mean, they mentioned this stat on the on the broadcast, but that there was a point where seventeen of twenty two points from the Celtics were scored by Tyser Cantor.
0: Yeah. Like those guys <laughs> that was a ama- like again, for them to waste the that kind of effort from those two guys is, is a shame because they but were not a, wasted well, at
1: this point in the season. I think if anything yeah. it's more encouraging moving forward.
0: Sure. They've they found their sweet spots for sure.
1: Yeah. Um I feel like we've gone
2: too long without talking about Kemba um I thought he was I, like you guys remember in the opener obviously where you know Theibel was just like in his dreams just uh, his defense was completely suffocating and he did get a couple he got his finger on a couple of of Kemba's shots one block from behind it was really impressive late but I thought like Brad Stevens did a really good job of Working Kemba off the ball, like he wasn't mm-hmm. when Ta- when Taibo was on him, he wasn't r- like running high pick and roll and giving uh, Thibault an opportunity to recover and and bother him from behind. He was kind of just zooming. He would he would you know he'd give it up immediately, go to the corner, zip around a pin down, and uh, it, that's a lot harder to 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 defend when someone's someone as fast and as shifty as Kemba is coming around screens like that. And there was this one play where he, he came off and his Cantor's a, a pin down by Ennis Cantor. Uh, I forget what quarter this was in. I think it was late in the game and, uh, uh, K- Cantor kind of just like released to the paint and, and Tatum hit him with a pass because Embiid and Diable both, uh, were distracted yep. by, by Kemba and didn't want to leave him open. So I think Kemba is, you know, even though he didn't shoot it particularly well from, from, you know, in the paint, uh, and he wasn't as aggressive as you'd like to see, um, even though he did get 10 free throw attempts. Like, uh, I just think he had a really positive impact on the game overall. And, and Thibault does give him issues and fits. But, you know, generally
1: speaking, I thought he, was, he, he played pretty well. That's coming off a 44-point night, too, the sure. night before.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's no question. I think he ran out of gas in the second half. I think he was 1 of 8 in the second half and just started to, as... The Celtics, the rest of Celtics offense, kind of became stagnant. He struggled a bit, but I, you're dead on, Mike. I think again they had a much smarter, again, much smarter game plan with him off the ball in this one. Makes sense, obviously, with 20 games under their belt now to figure out where his best spots are. But and again, having Marcus Smart back with this lineup in this game, handling the ball to again take the pressure off, and you know so. Brad Wanamaker, who struggles against, you know, defensive pressure, um, I think like having a more sure-handed ball handler there and smart in those minutes uh, would have helped even more in that front, but uh, given the this the game situation, circumstances, Kemba, this is what you signed up for, for Kemba against this team.
1: Right, yeah. we are so, saying real quick, you know, three games and four nights, you know, the last one, playing against a team that like at their best is easily the best defensive team in the NBA. Right. Because you forget about that, you forget the, that Simmons and Richardson and Tobias is a, is a decent defender too, and obviously in being down low. But like, and 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 Tybul, who is a legit NBA defender at this point in his career already. How do we so, pronounce his name? I'm, I'm getting screwed up with all this. Is I think it it's Thib- or Tybele. I think it's Tabuli. Actually,
2: <laughs> <laughs> don't do that, Rich. It's going to make it worse. Yeah, I think it's Tybele. Tybele. Uh, okay. Matisse? Matisse. Matisse. Yeah, maybe
0: I'll go with Matisse. Uh, sidebar. This was a tough. I know for all the raving that's been done about the 2019 Celtics draft class, this is a, this is a tough night. Um, with, I know it's a long-term viewpoint. You don't take too much out of one game, but in this series, it looks like there's going to be one rookie who's going to be contributing and it's, it's not going to be on the Celtics. Mm. Yeah. And that's again, like, I mean, they sent Carson to Maine, (laughs) like which is i think is a good idea because he needs the reps and he needs to get his confidence up but i mean romeo is not going to help you this year um in my opinion carson you you hope that he was going to be the flash in the pan offense guy off the bench he's just not there yet and grant williams for his defensive versatility uh, again the size his size limitations are a huge problem in this year in this matchup and uh and obviously the the offense is too for him. So
2: I enjoy watching him celebrate on the bench, though. Yes, great morale.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> great Cantor morale gave him a thing. shout out and post game about that. Yeah,
0: and he is great, and he like he will help this team this year, all year. I like him a lot as a player. Um, but yeah, it's tough to to see what Tybal's impact is right now, and knowing that this health, looks, at least in this series, is the rookie class is not gonna not gonna be able to give him that.
2: Also, Brit-
1: the fact that they could have just drafted him yes they did draft him yes exactly uh brief aside talking about the rookies and not and certainly carson with what they were maybe expecting uh penis i'll ask you this question what do you think it would take to to get jj reddick to boston
2: Mm. oh wow damn Mm. out of left field
1: yeah um
2: what would it take Uh, It it seems realistic right um Money would be the biggest obstacle. Yeah, I gotta... It's, it's like, so frustrating. They gotta change the... I know a lot of people are talking about this right now, but they gotta change the trade rules. Because, like, the rules with the salaries needing to be within X... 120% or whatever it is, and, you know, rules that were basically put in place because teams needed to be protected from themselves, and I guess owners are still kind of crazy and would do crazy things, but front offices are, like, smart... They're so much smarter now. Like, I don't... Like no one's gonna do a, a completely lopsided deal that will, will 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 you know capsize them for years to come. I so yeah, I'm, that's my long-winded rant. <laughs> to, to no, answer you're dead.
0: It. You're dead on, Mike. It's but like it's like, it's, we, it,
2: it's like you can't because of how the salaries are structured. It's so hard to complete a, a trade like that that would make sense for both sides and everyone would be happy. But the fact that so he's making thirteen point four million, like how do you match that? pretty
0: much you're going you're going to have to move Tice or Cantor in the deal to get him is the hmm. which is i i you could potentially make the case for if you're getting i mean not i think you you can't lose Tice if you get someone replacing Cantor as far as like the bulk and the rebounding uh elsewhere whether it's the buyout market or a different deal i could certainly justify it um but yeah redick it's going to be i i love the idea rich that that's going to be tough to pull off but i the the biggest takeaway from this game guys just watching it even without smart and obviously horford was not on the floor for sixers i think the celtics are are one player short in this series as they currently stand because ogile and wanamaker for as well as they're playing um in the regular season i don't think they're going to be able to be relied on for much in this series and uh Another shooter are, is desperately needed.
2: You uh, know who's someone who some people have been floating about as a possible trade candidate that I like and I think would be really helpful for the Celtics is uh, Rudy Gay mm. in San Antonio. Um, just like a flexible four man who uh, can do a lot of things in terms of creating his own shot. This team doesn't really have a a like strong back to the basket type of four who can who can punish mism- mismatches like Rudy can. Um, but again, like you get into the money and he's making 14 and a half this year and next year. And I don't I don't know how you make that happen. So that's tough. I mean, involving a third team is always an option, but it's just really complicated. And I also don't, I mean, I don't think the Celtics would be willing to get rid of, again, like if you you can't get rid of any of the guys who are actually contributing to the team, the, the right. top five guys. And so like, you're going to have to go for a bargain. You might have to go for guys
0: making like eight or $7 million. And there's, that's a pretty limited pool.
1: Yeah. What, what's Crowder's contract? We talked about him a little bit. Yeah,
0: that fits. I think he's like seven and a half.
1: Hmm. So that would, that's a, again, I think. Yeah, just Dad give is... Memphis back their pick. Boom.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um uh, speaking of giving memphis back their pick guys let me remind you that uh, football and basketball seasons are in full swing right now and uh you guys and our listeners can get into the game with our exclusive sports betting partners betonline.ag sign up today to receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit to start betting college or professional ball every spread every total every winner or loser straight bet parlayer tease your way through the season you can bet on prop bets like who will make the college football playoffs who will be the nfl mvp Get the fastest two market odds updates and payouts with our new sportsbook partners, betonline.ag. Head over to betonline today on your mobile device or your desktop to join and use promo code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus. That's betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Um, Do we want to talk about Jalen Brown a little bit? Yeah. Because, you know, the numbers obviously uh, did not look great, but. The, the eye test was, was just as damning, I believe. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it wasn't that he was doing anything negative. It just, just wasn't really doing anything at all. And I think that, I don't know if, I don't know if that's like a, <laughs> I don't know if that's just the product of what we kind of talked about, uh, over the last few weeks of like sometimes when everyone is healthy and, and you know, Marcus isn't healthy, but when Gordon Tatum, Kemba and Jalen are all out there, uh, it's going to be difficult. I think some games for, for everyone to be the best, their best selves.
0: Yeah, it's a good and the it's always bad when you're not noticed out there and you play a game high forty one minutes. Jeez, um, which is but yeah, like I think you're right, like especially with the centers getting it going. Jalen obviously wasn't getting the touches, um, and just I brought up earlier, like just did not seem engaged on the defensive end. Um, kind of was struggled staying with guys off of screens, off of double screens, and lost. I think Brad Stevens really lost it on one possession where. A double team came over to Embiid, and Jalen did not rotate over, which gave a wide open dunk to the cutter. And yeah, it was kind of reminiscent of his struggles last year. Again, it's just one game. This is easily his worst game of the year. He's had quite the run before this, but it was
2: uh, it was not a, a strong performance. Mike uh, in a in a game they needed him. Do you think he's like he needs to cover like he he needs his on ball assignment to be a someone who actually is important. Like at all times to stay mentally engaged. It's a good question.
1: Who was he covering last night? I think
2: was it Jay Rich.
0: He actually was covering Mike Scott a lot early. Which, well, that which explains, explains the, <laughs> which explains the like when starting four or four from three. He just wasn't. He wasn't. Which makes sense for the size purposes. Like I guess Mike Scott can kind of post up a little bit um, on a, again with, against the if they put a smaller guy on him. Um,
2: yeah, the Celtics yeah. would take that. 10 right. times out of 10
0: right so i mean that's a whole nother question. but yeah jalen just like it's right he uh, a weak point for him has always been defensive awareness and when he comes over like whether it's unnecessary double teams or just like a double team that doesn't really do anything like there's a little too much of that in this game which led to open looks and it's a it's an interesting question mike does he do you want to put him on the ball like just putting him on simmons in this matchup um yeah, that's who I was thinking. Like, make more sense. Or do you worry about foul trouble there,
2: which he can be prone to too? Yeah, he picked up a couple ones just, like, crashing the paint, trying to get a rebound with with Embiid standing there. There was one bad foul in that situation. And, yeah, he's got to be smarter. I mean, it's really frustrating when you see him do those, like, those plays where he'll uh you know catch a pass on the wing just rip through baseline like two dribbles and he's at the basket and he's finishing for an and one which he did one time last night and like he can do that but then and, and you know guys are guarding him closer because of his three-point shot and his uh his reputation that's improving there and they're guarding him closer and he's so athletic and i just sometimes when he drifts i just i don't really get why he's drifting but uh, you know, I, I like, I don't know the so- the solution here. He's having a terrific season, and like everyone who tweets at us at Winning Plays Pod thinks that we do not like Jalen Brown for some reason. Like, yeah,
1: I don't get that. We, it might be me. It's probably uh, just you, uh, but you yeah, did bring it up. But <laughs> <laughs> that's right. And it's not that I don't like Jalen. I think Jalen's great. I just, I just, I just wonder. I wonder moving forward if Hayward, Tatum, and Jalen, if that's going to be able to coexist for the next couple of years and
2: i don't know
0: it's an important question
1: i think like i think
2: yes and i think that like 25 teams in the league would love that wing rotation and you know well, who are that, they, but we talk about the other the teams that yeah don't. i know that's it i was about to say yeah if you're trying to win a title that you know that that matters trying to go from very from from very very good to great but um I don't know, like, I, you know, the way that Gordon plays, for example, like, he can play with just about anyone without his game fluctuating or his conf- confidence fluctuating. I thought he played really well last night, um, just within the flow of the game, getting the shots that he wants. Uh, like, did you? what did you guys think about Gordon last night? Yeah, we didn't,
0: it's funny, we haven't talked to him about it at all, even though he returned, obviously. Uh, we haven't seen him, haven't talked about him in weeks, uh, with the hand injury but yeah I thought especially second half he was terrific just uh navigating the offense kind of keeping them afloat in the pick and roll and creating his own shot late um, he was sitting
2: he was just the role man with Kemba down the stretch with a yeah. couple and like when he's doing stuff like that he just he's just flexing his versatility and his value like he's He's just so good, and if he, I, I, like, I, I will go to the grave thinking that if he was healthy this entire year, and there's still time, who knows? But he would have been a lock as an all-star. I'm picturing you on your deathbed
1: right now. I'm like, your last words <laughs> he should have been an all-star in the
2: 2019-20 season.
1: Oh, that 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 three-pointer at the, was at the end of the half. That was that was one of the closer the closer buzzer beaters I've ever seen. I mean, literally, it was like a yeah that goes they split, win split second yeah exactly it's, it's that easy and he hit but the, then he hit that big shot I think when uh, you guys mentioned with a minute left to cut it to two that little kind of fadeaway in the paint where he was doing what he does just sort of carving out that space and kind of letting the defense react to him and making the best decision and in that situation it was you know to drill a, a mid range jump shot which was which was nice to see and coming off you know again we forget less than twenty four hours before that he got absolutely smashed in the face. Um, yeah, I'm I'm really impressed by the lack of rust
0: this week. Like there's just been he's ready to go with the <laughs> the hand situation, which is again huge for even though they lost these games. Like you
1: you got to feel good about where he's at right now. Um, are, are they going to lose three in a row? I mean we got a long they got a long time to think about it, but that's not an easy game coming up in Dallas.
0: No, they match up pretty well against. I mean Luca is Luca, and no one really can guard him effectively um but i like i mean they match up pretty well with the maps in general
2: what is marcus smart's injury situation so
0: i would be shocked if he's not playing that game it sounds again he got a second opinion on the eye infection i guess Mm -hmm. so i guess it's just like a little blurry and wasn't it was bad timing to have three games and four nights obviously um but it doesn't sound like anything that's a long-term thing unlike you know rob williams who who may not be back for a little while here it sounds like as they mm. it out but again for like we're talking about Jalen and and like and just Tatum disappearing at times I mean that's a night last night like smart is in for Jalen in crunch time like with the big and that's a nice luxury for Brad Stevens to have in the situations as he gets a full team back and kind of figure out okay you know maybe some nights someone doesn't have it going and you know, Marcus Marcin is not going to play crunch time every night, I feel like. But he's going to have... It's a pretty nice weapon to have in your back pocket um, whenever you need it.
2: I still think that they would have gone small. And I don't, I don't have an answer for you And <laughs> who would guard Embiid, but... <laughs> <laughs> That's... Yeah. I don't know. Maybe put two guys on him and just don't guard Ben Simmons. That's an option. Yeah, he yeah, really it, is useless on offense.
0: It's... It was not pretty from last night. You know what impressed me last night? Tobias Harris, um, who's taken a lot of flack for that contract, rightfully so. He had some shots. He yeah. had some shots. And eight rebounds, seven assists. Like, kind of just doing it all. Um, like, if he plays like that, and the Sixers, I mean, we can talk about their construction a little bit, too, if we want, with, like, Crawford not playing, and is that their best lineup anyway? Like, to just completely you have Horford or Embiid
2: and not both in these games um I look I don't think it's a coincidence that Embiid had that type of game with L. Horford not playing a minute I'm just gonna say that
1: and I I saw this on Reddit this morning uh you know obviously there was that there was that five game stretch when Tobias was like 0-23 from from three three point land since November 15th Harris is averaging 21.5 points 6.1 rebounds three assists then he's shooting 50 41 80 um and been you know really solid defensively, but he's he's been playing well for for almost a month now, playing really well. He's yeah. on a like a max deal. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know, but that's just you know coming those up. Are, with, yeah, you know,
0: the narrative has not been disappointing for him, so that's those are good points. Yeah, like, yeah, for sure. He's turned it around.
2: No, and that's um, the guy who you know if you got to make a trade, that's the guy that you're 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 trading i would imagine yeah, he always year. is <laughs> that's why he's played for 17 <laughs> different teams it feels that's like. very fair um
0: but there i mean the sixers is this going to be it for do, do they have to make a trade um just to give themselves another guy to guard you know wings and or do they or steibel and richardson good enough and simmons to just handle that like it's When if they shoot like they did last night, then
2: yeah. No, if if Daibo makes threes, then like I think the experience of closing a game like last night's game on the floor was really good for him, Uh, and you know again if he if he can shoot and if he can in a playoff series when uh, you know they need guys to space for. Simmons and for Embiid on in the post and trying to get Embiid some a little bit more room to, to operate like the fact that he is so disruptive defensively and it's almost already just like game changing defense and that's like it's ridiculous given you know how old he is and his experience level but I don't know if he's going to shoot the ball as well as he has over the last couple weeks particularly in a hothouse environment like the nba playoffs so i mean if i were them yeah i would be looking for someone also who can like handle the ball a little bit like someone like i don't know if this is enough but i think someone like dj augustine would be a really good Mm. fit for them just someone who can handle the ball run a pick and roll someone who's not or someone who's basically better than uh, Trey Burke and Raul Neto and uh, who's a threat from behind the three point line and can spot up and just just really smart with the ball and can penetrate create a little bit like that's the type of player I would be targeting if I was Elton Bren I think that he could lift you to a championship um, but yeah so I, I, I do think they need to still tinker because I don't like their construction I think when you have Simmons who needs to be on the floor at all times for like, like political reasons as well as basketball reasons. And he doesn't really fit with Embiid. Um, it's, it's tough. I think, you, I think they need to shake it up a, a tiny
1: little bit, shake that snow globe. I love that, that Tybo or Matisse, we can call him, is still is older than Tatum. I know the Tatum age thing is, is, no pun intended, getting a little bit old. But it is, <laughs> it, it is amazing still to to, to, like, to hear you say that when you say, oh, given Tybal's age, and then to check it out and big, oh, you know, he's older than he's older than Tatum. But I still might, he reminds me of Marcus Smart a little bit. He's like Philly's Marcus Smart. Yeah. And I don't like that they have someone like that now.
0: I mean he's that's a it's a real solid pick for them. Um if I were to shake if I was running the Sixers and wanted to shake things up trade, I think I might be from a value perspective, I think I'd maybe would move Simmons before like Harris, given the bigger return you could probably get. I know they're not going to do it, at least, like, not yet. Um, but in terms of fit and everything, if you can, especially, obviously, if you can get a true, you know, solid point guard or ball handler back on top of whatever else, like, that's,
2: I feel like that's might be the better route for them to go. Do you think uh, Simmons for, so the two guys that are just, like, in my head as – pretty good fits for how Philly wants to play. Pretty good fits with uh Joel Embiid on offense. Do you think First the first guy's CJ McCollum, who I think I've said mm. before on this pod. Um the next guy is D'Angelo Russell. Are either of those guys good enough? Like politically you're just not it's just not going to happen you're just not going to make a trade like that if you're philly because you feel like you haven't got enough in return and there's a there's a not a significant age difference but there's just like a i don't even know how to describe it i guess because d'angelo is not like super old but um like a pedigree difference maybe um but like are like if they if the if those trades were hypothetically made i would probably instantly vault the Sixers to the top of the Eastern Conference, and and I and but those types of trades will not happen.
0: What
1: about Drew I Holiday?
0: Think, yeah, I think it, Simmons talked about that yesterday. I feel like on his podcast, and I think that's a really interesting hypothetical. I don't what, know like,
1: the, Drew, the Drew one. The Drew one. Yeah. I don't see it
2: at all. I don't see it for the Pelicans because, like, like Simmons is just such a tough fit. Like, if Zion can't shoot but he's just, like, freak, you know, I don't even know what his role is going to be. Like, there's enough, like, worry about him fitting with Brandon Ingram. Like, I, I would not, and Brandon Ingram's shooting threes now, so I don't know how Simmons fits with Zion, and this is why Simmons is just such a frustrating player who's not even, he's just not willing to even shoot after his coach publicly, like, pleaded for him to shoot threes, um... So I don't I don't know about that fit there. If I was I would be skeptical
1: and a little worried about doing something like that. Um, if I was the Pelicans, you don't know, like the Lonzo Ben Simmons backcourt, and and and, uh, and Simmons is sort of entering you know kind of Russ Westbrook territory where it's just like because of who he is and the way he plays, like it's hard for him to be anywhere without everything having to kind of revolve around him. Like you know because of the his presence, you, you just you can't because he can't play that well with anyone else you know and he doesn't play off the ball but that well he does exactly you
2: know? that's the opposite the exact opposite of tatum like tatum right. can you can, can just anywhere. plug in wherever you want he's gonna get his numbers he's gonna help you on defense he'll rebound he'll do anything he has to be guarded at all times uh given the superstar treatment like that's why i, I just th- those are some of the reasons why i just don't i don't see it really with with simmons and um,
0: yeah, it's a good it's thing they maxed him out so
2: early. Mm. Yeah, I feel like we've we talk circles around ben, the Ben Simmons thing, but like, yeah, so I, I have no I have no more points to make about Ben Simmons <laughs> <laughs> for Simmons' doubt. <laughs> well, I don't learn anything new when I watch him play.
0: Let's right. uh, let's finish on this then. It's based on you know we we ranked the East teams like last week or two weeks ago. Are are we still holding the Sixers below the Celtics right now? Mm. I I don't know if I can without a Celtics move. <laughs> I
1: think the
0: Celtics are a player away from. They're gonna go toe to toe with them anyway, but I can't say I like the Celtics against this team in a seven game series right now.
2: If you if the Celtics had. Uh, home court and more healthy. You would still think that the Sixers. You would expect the Sixers mm, to win that series.
0: I would maybe take the Celtics in seven in that, but I'm not sure. I don't expect the Celtics to get home court over the Sixers uh, after this regular
1: season. Really? Hmm. That I, I could see. I could see that more than the Celtics beating them in a in, in a series. Um, I just think the Philly. I, I mean, how is Embiid going to play out this season? You know what I mean? Is he? How many games is he going to finish with? That's what I wonder. I mean, yeah, that's a I good question,
0: the- but Horford can, I mean, you have Horford there now. That's that's the as if those guys can if one of those guys are just playing the rest of the 82, then they're in pretty good shape.
2: Yeah, but when both or when one is out, then Kyle O'Quinn comes in and you're <laughs> <shooting> minus <three. laughs> Yeah, you're minus, you know, 45 in the 10 minutes that he's on the court. So <laughs> that's trouble. Um yeah, I don't know I good. mean there's two things with Embiid it's like how is he going how many minutes is going to is he going to play and how many games is going to play in the regular season to get that home court and then how healthy is he going to be in the playoffs and yeah. so you got to juggle those two things if you're Philly like me personally I would definitely obviously value the postseason and his 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 health and his conditioning and all that and hoping that he's in peak physical condition for playoff basketball above anything else but it's it's like you also need to develop chemistry and you gotta it's just it's it's tough with this team and just how they're built i i it i I don't like it and i would still keep the celtics ahead of them
1: yeah and, and i'll keep what i said about you know that i think i still think that the ceiling for philly you know is still the highest like i would not be shocked at all to see them come out of the east
2: because they have Embiid.
1: right exactly exactly and and that's Sometimes that's enough. In basketball, that's often enough to have, you know, the best player in the league. Certainly one of the when, – when when he wants to be, you know, when he's locked in, certainly a top five player in the league. I, I think uh, this whole series could essentially come down to
0: can Canter improve his defensive discipline over the next, like, 60 games. <laughs> and I don't, like – I don't love the odds on that. And but it is but who knows maybe again you, the Celtics coaching staff was clearly working hard of him, and and when
1: you say d- d- defensive discipline, like what
0: specifically? Like dumb fouls, like no dumb fouls, like don't go for pump fakes, don't like you know, run over Josh Richardson even though <laughs> it was a flop, like just stuff like that that he has been renowned for of his career and really hasn't shown any signs of improving. the th- The team has done a great job protecting him in spots. All year long, in terms of like who they're playing up against, that goes away in this series because they, they they need him and they're gonna need him for 25 to 30 minutes
2: every game. There was, was one play was. last night where he was guarding Embiid on the block, and he waved uh, his. I think James Ennis was cutting through the paint, and he wave Ennis waved Shemi Oziel to come double, and Shemi was kind of like, really. And he went to double, and then M B just hit Ennis for a layup right under, right under the basket. Yeah, you know? that might be the play I was talking about that Brad flipped out at. <laughs> yeah. So, but when I was well, I rewatched that play because you cited it as being uh, you know an issue with Jalen, and it might have been, and it could have been just an organized thing.
0: Yeah, I couldn't tell if it was or not. But I'll, was that the fourth quarter, Mike? Uh, or the I, second half.
2: Yeah, it was the second half. Okay. But I, I I believe like. I, it just looked to me like Ennis was kind of freelancing and yelling for the double, and it wasn't supposed to come. And it was weird because on the play before, they did not double, and they got a stop. So maybe they're just trying to switch it up, or maybe it was a miscommunication. I don't know. I just don't know whose fault it was. That's just like, you know, when you watch NBA teams play right. defense, you have no idea who's supposed to do what.
0: Yeah, you could have been right, Then Maybe he was just... he was Brad was very mad after that play. Maybe it was at Ennis for freelancing. When there was no plan to do that, but um, yeah, they need to again. Ennis needs to be—he's never going to be, I mean, even an average defender probably. But if he can just be, keep himself on the floor and be livable for those minutes.
2: Or um, you just get you, you you hire whoever was training Aiton and John Collins, and you, <laughs> you, you you give him to to Tice for a couple weeks during maybe during All Star Weekend. You you. Take a trip to Europe or whatever with those guys when you figure it out. Because if Tice could stay on the floor and and bother Embiid physically, that would be a huge win for the Celtics. I think Does we should Rob go Williams for all the pe- ch-
1: all the PED users who haven't been caught yet. Because we know there are a lot more of those. I think the Collins and Aiton guys we can stay away from.
0: Does Rob Williams have any chance against Embiid
1: this not, year? Not this year. No.
0: no. I don't think yeah. any
2: I honestly don't think anyone can guard that dude one on one. Like Before the catch, he's impossible. Like, before, when he's actually wanting to carve out position and seal whoever's defending him, and he just gets his foot basically on the restricted, like, the dotted line, like, it's just, it's
1: over. (laughs) It's like, there's nothing you can do about it. C-Webb compared him to Shaq last night, and I, I didn't think that was completely outrageous. It was that one play where he sort of turned his shoulder into into canter i don't know if it was a little bit of a flop but you know i think ennis ended up on his ass on the ground but like mm-hmm. you know that's yeah. really what it felt like the one thing we'll say about canter was nice to see him hit those back-to-back uh you know foul line extender jumpers where sure. where mb just stopped playing defense on him for for a couple of possessions yes. uh, just keep him a little bit more honest moving forward in that in that matchup that was just beautiful basketball <laughs> No, he was again he was great last night and tice was
0: Again, he has no chance defensively against Embiid, but he gave them great stuff on offense, too. So, when you're, if, as long as those guys are going offensively that can punish Embiid, then, again, the Celtics are going to have a chance. It's just going to be a matter of, you know, can they avoid being complete sieves uh, defensively uh, with Cantor out there? So, um, all right. Well, we'll put a ball into things there. Uh, but we're going to be back with some uh, MV celtics talk that most valuable (laughs) celtics talk next week as well as uh dive into trade season a little bit since it will kick off on sunday december 15th and uh the front office might be doing some shopping in the next two months or at least uh, i think many people hope they will so we'll get into all that uh next week and in the meantime uh you guys finished your holiday
1: shopping yet or is it still uh you're still working on it. Yeah, I finished. Uh, I woke up early on Black Friday and did all of it.
2: Genius, yeah. Same. Mm-hmm. All right, I, I hate you
1: both. And um, No, listen, sometimes <laughs> you just got to wake up at 3.30 and get in line outside the mall <laughs> and, and fight with some people for stuff. It's always I mean, worth it. People still do that. It's always worth it.
0: Especially in like 10-degree weather in Boston. Um, all right, well, I'm going to take care of that, and uh, we'll Good be luck. with you guys next week.